0: Hello creative people, welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend this hour with us. So I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and empower people, especially adults, to own their voice that come in so many different forms. So this space was created to talk with people with all different jobs, hobbies, and interests and have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to talk to musicians, Reiki masters, mediums, doctor, lawyer, real estate agents, and so many more. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as their soul's essence, courage, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be. So sharing these stories expands one's thinking and opens up self-expression to feel more empowered, connected. And dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Cassie Mather-Reed. So Cassie supports heart-led women to create change and bravely discover their inner magic. Cassie helps you unlock the messages from the physical, mental, and energetic systems to support you as you find your purpose and power. Cassie, welcome to the space. Hello,
1: Hollis, and thank you so much for having me. Super happy to be here. I am so
0: happy to have you here. So I read like the tiniest bit about you there, and I would love for you, before we do a a full dive into our exciting conversation that I know will be, can you tell people a little bit more about yourself, however you want to start and share that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, of course. So I am Cassie mother I'm a holistic life coach um, it's been a journey for me to get here. I worked for almost 20 years in corporate IT. And then I um, slowly began my journey back to myself, really, and ended up as a holistic life coach, which is where I am now. Um, and as Hollis said, I support heart led women. I really want to help them connect in with themselves, so, really empower them to find their inner magic and live their life with purpose. Um, connecting into yourself emotionally physically all of those energetic systems that support us Um, so yeah I use my innate gifts to try and help you through my own learning of yoga reiki healing and coaching Mm.
0: love that word magic
1: magic I do magic (laughs) it's so it's
0: such a happy word It is. It makes
1: me smile, actually, every time um, I say it. And it seems to be really coming up more and more at the moment, not just for myself, but other people. And I think that's just beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I I see like sparkles. Yes. (laughs) Like glitter. I guess it's the fairy dust or the glitter, yeah. I love that. <laughs> but that's what I see. Um, oh my gosh! Okay, so good. This is going to be fun. So, this is what we do before we dive into the first question. We do a would you rather question. Ooh, okay. Oh, I know everybody <laughs> does that voice. Everybody gets scared. <laughs> There's always this. Oh, okay, what are you gonna ask me? Yeah, this isn't. This isn't bad. So. It's kind of a little deep, but we'll see. Okay. So Cassie, would you rather have a pause or rewind button on your life?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Would I rather have a pause (laughs) or a rewind? I would rather have a pause. Mm. Yeah. And the reason why I would rather pause is I think once you've done what you've done, it's happened. And Even rewinding it and changing it would change your fate. And I'm a big believer in learning the lessons that you've done. Um, You know, learning the lessons that you've got from every situation and then making the changes for yourself or whomever. And I think if you had the opportunity sometimes to just pause, it could really help you connecting with yourself a little bit more be mindful of the decision that you're going to make um or the way in which you're going to respond and I think that could be so much more effective
0: Mm, yeah that's beautiful said so perfectly and I I I completely agree yeah it's it's why do things happen because they happened and they help form and shape who we are as much as they could have sucked um yes or been wonderful (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or been in the middle. I mean, it's just or may not have felt like it meant very much. But it's always so interesting to me. that those things that felt so trivial. Yeah, like years yeah. later, it was like, Oh, my gosh, that's why that happened. <laughs> or, yeah. or it led to something else. It led to a deeper understanding these things that seem so small are so often the biggest.
1: Yeah absolutely and I think it was Glennon Doyle that said um, we can do hard things or I can do hard things and sometimes in the face of adversity what we want to do is run and hide and not everything has to be hard Mm -hmm. but actually you know just being given the opportunity to to feel those feelings because it it can't all be sparkles and rainbows all of the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's okay Mm -hmm. um So,
0: yeah, I think it's really important to understand that for yourself. Yeah, I love Glennon Doyle. Um, I have to say I love that story. How I initially heard of her was when she was being interviewed and she shared that story where she just did like a random Facebook thing where it was like answer these 20 questions. Do you remember her talking about this or have you heard this? Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. So anybody, so the abbreviated version, everybody is that she just answered and sent it off to everybody. And then all of a sudden she went back to her phone and there was all these messages from her sister, like DMs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's like, that's never good. Like, what did I do wrong? (laughs) 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 And uh, her sister's like, what are you doing? Because she answered the questions in a real way. It was truly authentic and deep and dark and um talking about being an alcoholic and all of these things and but then once she released this about her then there was a little bit of shame because Mm -hmm. she felt shame because of the way she was treated she didn't think much of it but then um all these people started reaching out to her and saying me too me too because it's it's not something that you talk about we don't talk about these aspects these darker sides of ourselves these shadows and If you're not expressing, you're repressing, and that's not good.
1: No, it's not, because it stifles everything about you when you start to repress all of that. And then it creates real negativity in so many other areas of your life. And, you know, I think so many of us are conditioned at a very early age not to show our vulnerabilities or our darker side. Um, And it doesn't really, as human beings, give us the best opportunities in life you know we are all of these things we are all of these parts of ourselves and that's okay
0: yeah yeah oh okay everybody so this was the first eight minutes and
1: (laughs) see (laughs) see, this is going to be a good conversation
0: (laughs) we're digging in so okay so first official question is cassie how do you define creativity
1: And so I've thought about this a little bit and I keep kind of coming back to the same thing and and creativity for me, I think, is being able to feel whatever it is that I want to feel and express that in any way, be it the light or the dark. It's really just connecting into yourself and living your life on your terms.
0: Mm be it the light or the dark
1: yes yeah
0: and on your terms
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah
1: I think I read something of yours actually not so long ago Hollis as well where you um, and something you said actually at the beginning of this as well about you know it's we're made to believe that creativity is painting a picture or Um, you know, filling things with sparkles or whatever. And it's not, it's so much more than that. It runs so much deeper. It's the openness in yourself to give and receive, you know, and and it's really important that.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah. My tagline, I have a few of them. Um, Creativity goes beyond a pencil and a paintbrush Mm -hmm. and um, creativity is not cute. It is necessary.
1: (laughs) absolutely yeah.
0: that's actually a little little heads up next multi-author book <laughs> little <Okay>. title <laughs> um yeah it's just I'm so passionate about it because everybody has their own triggers on things yeah. but um when people say to me in being and then we're gonna yeah when people have said you know, you say your niceties of what you do and, you know, went to art school, art teacher, 30 years, da, 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 da. Um, they're like, oh, I can't draw or paint is the first thing. And body language really changes. It's almost like a defensiveness barrier that kind of goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's also an aspect of like, oh, that's so nice that you get to do that all the time. But it's like a crapsy kind of thing. Like there's a demeaning yeah. aspect to it.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> like that's why this space was created so we could really dive into what creativity means Mm -hmm. and really gain this understanding that creativity is life
1: yes yeah it's an expression of oneself in whichever way that wants to come out isn't it
0: yeah it is in every movement in everything that we do and it's not to be overly analytical about it it's just observing that we create what we think about what we is what we create is what we feel it's it's like it's all it's all a package deal
1: it is yeah it's all the things (laughs) yeah
0: so okay so let's hear some more about you um tell us a little bit more about your journey on um on this road to where you are now please
1: sure yeah so my journey was um My journey was a long one, actually. It wasn't just um, one epiphany, one day, which made me change everything about myself. It was a number of steps. It was a number of relationship breakdowns. It was a number of challenges in my own life that led me to seek something other than what I had already. Um, And I needed it it was so necessary for me because I was slowly slowly crumbling from the inside out really so on the facade everything looked okay mm. but on the inside I was kind of dying quietly a little bit on the inside and um, I worked a corporate job like I said earlier for almost 20 years in um, corporate IT I worked on huge um government contracts providing IT systems for governmental departments and it was a pretty high pressure job. Uh, There was a lot of expectations, there was a lot of patriarchy, there was a lot of challenges and you were constantly in this driven action based role and then I got pregnant with my children and came back from maternity leave and it was almost like I was for I'd say at least about 78% of the work colleagues that I had, um, I wasn't the same person that had left, mm-hmm. and there wouldn't be the same opportunities available to me because I didn't want to come back and work 50 and 60 hours a week. I wanted to be effective in the hours that I wanted to commit to my role. I still wanted the potential to grow, but that wasn't available to me it was it had to be the one or the other um so i found that really quite difficult going flipping between this masculine energy to then embracing this feminine energy energy of having becoming a mother and then going back into this masculine but still trying to balance being a mum and being a wife and um all of the energy that i needed to navigate both really um And so slowly, I really knew that things had to change. Um, I was trying to control all of the things, um, and I couldn't. And it ended up me not being able to control anything. And then I started to get relationship problems with my friendships and my communication. I just withdrew from so many things. Um, I did all of the things externally that I thought I needed to do you know I presented myself very well I, I looked after myself but actually inside I, I wasn't really happy and and my relationships were suffering because of that Um, so I found my yoga mat actually I had tried yoga a number of times over the years and it had never ever resonated with me and I sought it out again and I went to a yoga class and I couldn't believe the difference just Hmm. after one class. What do you think the difference was? It was space for me. It was the ability to switch that fight or flight response off. If only for a short time, I didn't have to. Be doing all of the things. I didn't have to be all of the things for all of the people. I just was there on that map for an hour. And mm. um, somebody else held that space for me.
0: Mm. And
1: um, it made a huge change for me. So much so, my yoga journey continued alongside my corporate um, role for a while. And then I did my own yoga teacher training. So that was really the start of the path for me. And then I went on and did some Reiki training. I continued my yoga training into trauma-sensitive work. I uh, also went on um, a healing journey myself and did my coaching certificate and subsequently ended up where I am now, combining all of the things into what I offer for other people. Mm.
0: Thank you for sharing all that. Um, I really resonate. I mean, there's so much of what you said that really resonates. Um, but you said you did not when you were on the map that, that you did not have to be all of the things to all the people. Yes. Like yeah. that really kind of sticks out to me. And I appreciate you saying, you know, so often when people come on and I'm speaking to people, they had a corporate job and, you know, a lot of people do leave it. Some people have stated it. Uh, But I guess my question to you is that while you were still kind of in corporate, this yoga space, Mm -hmm. did it really help you? Um, I'm guessing that it really helped you in mindset and creating more balance in your life to be able to be present for longer.
1: It did. Yeah, it really did help me. And actually, it helped me let go of a lot of my barriers and defenses that I had built up over the years. Um, it helped me understand that actually some of the things that people were saying to me weren't necessarily a reflection of me, but a reflection of them. So it enabled me to look at relationships differently and not take everything to heart so much, um, because that can be quite hard. You know, when you work in a challenging environment, you can become quite blinkered into thinking that everything is about you. Right. If you don't complete something on time, or if you yeah. have to have a difficult conversation with somebody, you're so wrapped up in your own responses that yeah. you forget actually that their responses aren't really about you, they're about them.
0: Oh my gosh, that right there, everybody, that kind of wraps up life, yes. doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> because when we're in that state of emotion when we're in that state of hypersensitivity Mm -hmm. of of worthiness and all of that kind of stuff everything feels personal and everything feels like it's an accusation it's a judgment um but when somebody is reacting a certain certain things need to be addressed because they need to be done a certain way Mm -hmm. Um, and of course certain people can have better skills at presenting that information Um, to another person but it's so much so often has nothing to do with us in the way that they come at you or communicate it with you yeah and that's that that's 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 like a, a big understanding
1: it is yeah and I think so many people in those uh high functioning roles actually live in the state of an unregulated nervous system. So they're constantly in fight or flight because the demands are so high of them. So all they actually know what to do is to firefight or to create or to take action. They don't, you know, and a lot of these people in those roles end up subsequently being leaders of people and actually they're not really leaders of people. They're mm. leaders of themselves and of the industry, but not necessarily of people. And then when it comes to the people element of it, they're not they're not really very gracious with people because it's not their skill and that's okay. You know, it's okay mm. to have people like that. Um, but it makes it very difficult if you yourself are unregulated in your own nervous system because your responses are, are going to be firing all the time and not always. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. I've told this story so many times, but it's just resonating so highly because so often of where I worked, it was a very charged space, emotions Mm -hmm. flying high all the time. It was just teaching in the space. There was just a lot going on. Um, Yes behaviorally and energy wise and stuff that had nothing to do with being an art. It was like all this stuff, interpersonal relations, family stuff, whether people ate or not, like there was a lot of stuff going on at one time. Yeah. Um, so it felt very personal so often mm-hmm. uh, the, the stuff that was happening. And when you mentioned the word control earlier, we get the sense of control. And then when we get into that like hyper space of of that then it's kind of like we everything spins out of control because when you're micromanaging and it's just like people push against you and everything kind of spins out of control
1: yeah absolutely I just actually did something on my stories on Instagram funnily enough this morning about control as well and I didn't know it was going to come up in this conversation so it's quite funny but um Mm -hmm. I was saying in there about You know, those people that you notice actually that control everything, that everything has to be done a certain way. Everything has to be done their way. And they have to have every inch of everything covered often are the ones that feel that they have control of nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's their way of responding. And I think in those corporate environments as well, we have so many personalities and when you live in that state, that hyper awareness all the time, you know, you can get illness and you can get all of these problems with your mental well being. So, actually, then what people do is they just detach from themselves emotionally, physically, yeah. uh, because it's the way of protecting themselves. And what my aim to do as a holistic life coach is to bring people back wow. into that space, to bring them back into the safety of being able to feel, to not constantly be dissociated from themselves hmm.
0: that's where i kind of want to go um, with this um, so here in talking uh labeling this talking about finding inner magic and living with purpose you have so in the audience that you work with i'd like you to kind of touch on how you bring this into that space with them but then also what really intrigues me is the space with trauma as well um and who you work with in that space so if you can shed some light on that that would be that'd be great
1: yeah absolutely so i'll touch briefly on the trauma element of it first so everybody has had trauma in their life or has borne witness to trauma and all of those things have an impact on you. And it doesn't have to be huge. I think what people do when they use the word trauma, and it's, and it's very much a used word at the moment. It's very prevalent in conversation. But people think it's the huge things. You know, if you think about the world events at the moment that are going on with Russia and the Ukraine and all of the, the trauma that is being created there for those people, people have an association that that's what trauma is and actually... It doesn't have to be that big. It could be actually that you have lived with a parent that had their own mental health issues and you witness that all the time and you can have a secondary trauma response to that. You can also carry, obviously, some of that trauma with you because you, you saw the way that somebody functions and you think that's normal. Trauma could also be a huge change in your life like a change in a job that creates a pattern generally what happens is when people experience trauma in their younger years and they don't have the emotional capacity to cope with that or to process it it then leaves an imprint on the body it leaves an imprint on the cells and the nervous system and then when something happens at a later date in their life and it feels the same as it did in those early years, Mm. it starts to come back for them. And now they're at an age that they can process it, but they don't necessarily understand it. So I sort of help people understand what's going on a little bit deeper for them and how it then impacts self-worth, how safe, secure they feel, how effective their relationships are, or how the problems with not feeling good about yourself and not having that self-worth can impact your digestive system because mm. it's so multi-layered that yeah. we don't actually think we don't we don't connect the dots you know yeah. you kind of well i've got i've got ibs and um, i'll just take this medication i'll be okay okay But why have you got IBS? You've got IBS because maybe you've got these huge stresses in your life right now, which then upsets your digestive system. So it's connecting all of those dots and then working in ways where you can find that inner balance within yourself to then create this life of purpose for you. Mm -hmm
0: the connecting the dots, it just makes me laugh at times when people, it's like, why don't you said like the whole digestive system aspect? Mm -hmm. I mean, what we eat, what we put into our bodies on a daily, not saying that, you know, when we have the snack or the the treats and whatever, once in a while, that's, that's good. It's good for you. But if we're constantly eating things that don't support our system, yeah. We feel bad. <laughs> so, we feel physically ill, which then creates lots of different ways cuz it's like it doesn't sit well, which then means we could be cranky, it affects our emotional system, which then affects our um how we interact, our interpersonal skills. Um yes. it it's just it's like a domino effect. But it's like you said, people don't can it's it's right in front of us.
1: Yeah. And they, you know, they, get, they might understand something as in the digestive system where they know that if they get stressed or if they've got particularly tight timescales at work, then these issues are going to flare up for them. But the instinct isn't to fix them until they get to such a point where they have yeah. no choice other than to fix them. Or it's then impacted these stresses that they've put on the digestive system is then impacting their emotional well-being so much now that then they're willing to create a change. And it's really hard for people to know. Almost people have to kind of be really quite deep before they're ready to make a change. Um, And I think sometimes people just don't think it's open to them because they've just got to keep doing what they're doing because they don't really have a choice in life. Um, but there's so many choices and so many ways in which you can do things, you know, and I'm not advocating everybody leave their corporate role at all, but there's so many ways in which you can make things better for yourself and more effective, Yes. you know, and I, I really work with predominantly women, but I do work with men as well and have worked with lots of men in the trauma space, but you know, how creating routine then creates results, Results create confidence, and confidence creates change.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you're, that whole that you don't really have to have a choice in life, that is a very pervasive thought,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that in whatever we do, that we don't have choices. Yes. And it it is um, – yeah, what you're saying, it's just like, uh, it's sinking in and I'm thinking of the words in order to express correctly. Um, but yeah, we often wait too long uh, in order to fix it because it's like, well, I just got to do. It's this, it's yeah. this, um, you know, we keep going. I'm not weak. Yes. I'm not a weak person. What are you saying? I'm vulnerable. You know, that makes me vulnerable. I'm strong. I, I I know what I'm doing. I did it okay. Yeah, it doesn't feel right, but that's okay. It happens to everybody. Uh, until it gets so extreme that it it usually is that, uh, you know, that ply that um, being smacked in the face by like a board where you're like, okay, or the health issue happens. I had something happen with something that I ate and I knew it, it was considered quote unquote healthy, but it had like 50 ingredients in it. It was a protein shake. And I knew my body is so sensitive. I knew that I shouldn't have done it, but I did. And my body had a really bad reaction. I ended up to the point of like ultrasounds and all of this stuff, it hurt to walk like until I went to my natural doctor, they were like, we don't find anything, we don't find anything. Yeah. And then my natural doctor told me, she's like, Oh, it's your ileocecal valve. I'm like, what is an ileocecal valve? she's like that's nothing that would show up on ultrasounds but basically what you put in your body just completely inflamed your whole intestines and we have to calm it down I'm like okay
1: yeah and there's so many ways in which you can do that you know you can get medicinal support you can get you know holistic support be it a naturopath doctor like you said or be it that you then have some energy healing or you do some gentle movement you, there's lots of ways in which you can yourself on that journey Um, but I think you know around not prioritizing yourself or not having boundaries they are all trauma responses in themselves and there are a lot of learned carried programming there that we've had from childhood in the way that we respond to situations And I think it was, I think it's Brenny Brown, isn't it? That talks a lot around shame and guilt. Yeah. And she talks about shame being the focus on yourself and guilt being the focus on behavior. And we carry all of those things in our conditioning, you know, which actually those conditioning patterns can be trauma responses in themselves. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And how you mentioned earlier, it's often in the younger years as this stuff happens, it's, it's kind of sets the tone for the coping and the processing, which, like you said, leaves the imprint.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So then when it Absolutely. happens later in life, when something happens, which triggers that later in life, there's more of an understanding, but it's still kind of going back to that time because you've never learned the tools.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I always say, I always kind of define it like it's like building blocks, like Lego, you know, when the first things happen, there's the, there's the first building block. Then something else might happen and another building block goes on top. And these blocks and this emotion, this trauma, it just becomes compounded until one eventually goes on the top and it all starts to shake. And then that's like, okay, I've got to address this because this is now having huge impacts on my life or, you know, this is really, you know, making me unwell in whatever capacity.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like that visual though it's you know uh, of just really having that strong base. Yes. So you have that base so then the other pieces on top can be placed on and still be sturdy.
1: Yeah absolutely you know and these these journeys are just that they are a journey and I hope in the work that I do that I support people in such a way where I give them the tools to be able to work through these things because we don't just fix everything all at once, things that always come up for us. But by having the tools, the journey becomes quicker yes. into the better place where you want to be. So it's really important, like I said earlier about, you know, creating routines, results, confidence, change, you know, these it's a pattern of growth. But it's really important that you still continue to, work on the, the stuff but also have the goals to work forwards too because you don't want to stay stuck. Hmm.
0: And I kind of want to go back to what also resonated too is that whole thing with life events and change. Like mm-hmm. when you mentioned, you know, you had your children, there was all of this stuff that happened before
1: yeah. and then you
0: had your children and that's a big
1: life event. Huge, yeah. You know, and I had a, hu- I had a lot of life events that happened around – that time that i had my children okay um i had a high risk pregnancy for a start because <laughs> i was pregnant with identical twins um so there was a lot of doctor's appointments a lot of checkups all of that stuff um and actually my my girls were born quite prematurely six weeks early and um that was a challenge in itself you know three weeks for them in a special care unit and not being able to come home with us was a a challenge. And Mm. um, we got home after three weeks with them in special care and we were very lucky that we had healthy babies. They just needed a bit of feeding up and a bit of help feeding. Um, And then my husband was only home with us for a a week longer and had to go back to work. And he worked away for weeks at a time. So then he was away for two weeks. So then that was just me. You know, home, uh, home alone with with identical twins. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and then it's you know, so you but you just get on with it, like you said before. You know, you just get on with it because that's what you've got to do, and that's what I did. You know, and I I just was completely unaware of myself because I just knew that this is what I had to do, and there was two other lives that were dependent upon me here, and they. They were my priority, but what I didn't realise was by ignoring myself, I was creating a whole load of problems further down the line. Um, and then just as I was about to return from maternity leave, actually, my mum was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Um, you know, quite, quite severe um, stage of cancer. Luckily, you know, she's still with us, but even that has been a huge journey for my own mum. And um, when my mum went in for a surgery, my dad, um, when she came out for recovery, my dad fell out of an attic and broke his it, um, a bone in his foot. Then he couldn't care for my mum and I would returned to work. And, uh, we moved house, all in the same sort of couple of months of my mum being diagnosed. So it was a lot.
0: Wow. It was a
1: lot. And, and I think only when I returned to work and had been at work a year or two, did I start to come back down off the ceiling
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that's a lot man but what i'm also hearing too is you really gain your priorities
1: yes yeah absolutely i learned a lot i learned a lot about myself yeah i learned a lot about my relationships with people um i learned a lot about what was acceptable for me Mm -hmm. and both to give and receive
0: and it's all a process everybody it's when life comes at us there's so many different ways that that we choose at the moment to work with it and it doesn't always mean that it's right but there's that pivoting and really giving ourselves grace and learning in the process is is learning to be like okay maybe that wasn't the best way to deal with it maybe I wasn't the nicest to myself but okay move on yeah if we, and I know it's easier to say sometimes than to do, but the longer we stay in that, the worse it feels. And what's the point of it?
1: Yeah, exactly. But I think as well, we're quite conditioned, aren't we, from a young age about failure. So when we're babies and we're learning to walk, it's brilliant. Oh yeah, she's fallen on her bottom. Let's get her back up again. And off you go. And it's brilliant. And every time you get back up, you're celebrated. And then As life goes on and as you grow and develop, actually those failures and that getting back up isn't celebrated anymore. You're actually always just told about the failure part of it. Yeah. And it creates so much for you as an adult about your self-worth and about your resilience and tenacity to have that ability to get back up. And, you know, people... Then have all sorts of fear and, and guilt about trying things because they didn't do it right first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Edison failed like 50,000 times or however many times he failed before yeah. we got the light bulb. So you have to, and you have not to fail. Failing, it's part of the is it? no, it isn't. No. It's, it's perceived that way, but it's yes. something that didn't work um, because it didn't get to that end goal per se of the goal that you had in your mind, Mm -hmm. but, and sometimes, yeah, you just have to change it and pivot. But then often I find that those happy accidents in -hmm. in the words of Bob Ross, um, those happy accidents, those beautiful oops are where you're like, Oh my gosh, I wasn't even thinking about that. And that's brilliant.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It It opens another door for us, doesn't it? If we're willing to, we're, we're willing to sort of open up that vision that it doesn't just have to be that way
0: no exactly well wow. okay so let's hear a little bit more about you more personally like if, if you'd be willing to share out how you incorporate more creativity into your own life
1: so my creativity in some ways was stifled at a young age because I remember writing a story um, probably when I was around about age nine and my teacher wrote in my report that I had no imagination. Oh my God. And uh, I, was, <laughs> yeah. I remember mortified and mortified um, and it's still a story in a lot of ways that I tell myself now, especially when it comes to writing um it it's a block that I have to get over often because that comes up for me you know it does it's still a healing journey for me that thing but it's stifled a lot and actually I think in later life when it came to doing still at school but when it came to kind of doing my um exams to to sort of move out of high school it really impacted my learning I think there because I didn't feel that I was ever worthy of creating this magic mm. um, I didn't feel it was available to me
0: so interesting it, it's like I'm sure and anybody that you speak to has a story that somebody said something to mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and listeners I would love to hear in the comments from you <laughs> What you'd been told, um, my second grade teacher told me that I better marry a rich man because I can't count money.
1: Oh my! Gosh. So
0: I think I was seven. Yeah. So being fifty-four right now, it's like Hollis, let that the hell go. Like, <laughs> like, come on, get over it. But it's you know, I tell that story partly as a, a joke, but to reinforce. But at the same time, there's that belief. that would be in there. Um, and I remember going to an energy person actually, who knew me from nothing. Like she, I literally sat down next to her and she looked at me and she said, what happened to you when you were seven? What did they say to you? Mm -hmm. She's like, your body is holding that. You have to let that go. I'm like, are you serious? (laughs) I'm like, I use that as a jumping off point in professional developments and talking. Um, she's like you, you just you still believe it like let it go
1: yeah and age seven's a really important age it's the same age as sort of zero to one it's the same emotional development and it's around safety and security and feeling grounded and, and actually it's about your money story so <laughs> is it really <laughs> yes, it is. yes Yes. So she was right on time yeah, yeah she was right on the money <laughs> um so yeah it's really important but i think what those stories do to us is they stop us being able to be expressive in other ways because it creates a doubt for us and you know there's there was lots of stories my sister was particularly um a beautiful dancer and and just wonderful and I was not (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there was always those comparisons in my childhood that uh, my sister could just you know Um, really express herself in that sort of creativity. And it was beautiful to watch and and I just couldn't. So um, there was lots of things I think that stifled my own creativity in different ways or my own confidence in myself to be myself, which is really what creativity is for me.
0: That's what it is. So so tell me about some of the things that you do feel expressive and ways that um, feel good for you that give you magic.
1: For me, using my voice gives me magic um, and it was something that I stifled for a long time or used in the wrong way. Um, And when doing my yoga teacher training actually opened up the opportunity to me to use my voice in a positive way and to be able to use it to help and support other people Uh, and then working into trauma work with that you know looking into like vagal tone and how you stimulate the vagus nerve using your voice is the sort of thing that's really important for me so using my voice is is Uh, an outlet for me creatively (laughs) um And just moving, I've noticed, and moving in whichever way possible allows my creativity to come out. And that might just be that I just stand there and shake it all off. It might be that I dance around my kitchen and do something really goofy, but actually just being able to free the stagnant energy out of my body opens up my creative flow.
0: Yeah can so relate to that. It's mm-hmm. like literally actually before a podcast um there's multiple scenarios, but I can say before a podcast I will blast music and I'll just dance around. Yes. Because before I'm sitting for an hour and using my voice and concentrating and really being engaged in a space, I need my body to move. There's the movement phase and then there's the meditate, get grounded phase yes. to then be able to listen phase
1: absolutely yeah and it's really key isn't it and when you 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 break that down and you simplify it it's about um tapping into your senses isn't it yes and that's so important to allow yourself to be creative
0: yeah it's just being in touch like we said earlier it's like it's you yes so in it, it it's all it is it's all of your being so in order to do that you need to know how to tap into your senses and what feels good to you and yeah I often talk about this too like you know you don't have to be good at things you just you could suck at dancing you can suck at singing you can yes. suck at whatever it is but that doesn't mean you can't do it
1: and it doesn't mean you can't enjoy it
0: <laughs> you can that's the whole that's the because that's the basis of everything right it's yeah it's Absolutely. joy and happiness. I mean, not to sound too like earthy, crunchy, unicorny, everybody, but it's like, <laughs> like you want to be happy, like as human yeah. beings. That's what we want. We do, we
1: do, definitely. So, so why do we make it so complicated? <laughs> yeah, because we're 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 conditioned, I think, to think differently about joy. We're. Yeah conditioned to just get on with things we're conditioned to respond or react to uh, firefight you know to create action but actually not to create joy you know and when you look at children and how effortlessly they are able to create it and we forget that we forget that part of ourselves we get so bombed down in the achievements and the conditions of society and the having to be a certain way and you lose the part of yourself along that way
0: and it's that you know you you look at a baby or a child and them laughing yes and then it's just uh, it's contagious and then you see you know the million reels that happen with the kid who is almost like an adult in the language that they use because they've learned it from from their adult like the one with you know I saw with the little girl drinking and it spilled on her shirt and she went, Oh fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <I love that. laughs> exactly. No parents owning up to that one. <laughs> no <laughs> no <parents> owning... <laughs> she was like three.
0: <laughs> and the person filming of course was like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. it was like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Where'd you learn that? Like the movie A Christmas Story. <laughs> Do you remember that? Have you seen A Christmas Story?
1: Yes, I have, yeah.
0: Yeah, where he says, where did you hear that language? And instead of saying his dad, he blamed it on the kid who they always blame everything on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that poor kid. <laughs> it's always the kid.
0: It's always the kid. It's not from dad who's been saying it all of his life and he's growing <laughs> up hearing it. <laughs> uh God. Okay. So here we go. So getting to the top of the hour here. So our third question, which kind of wraps everything up and puts the nice little bow is why do you think creativity is important?
1: Because it's really important that you get the opportunity to be you. You don't need to be what everybody else says you've got to be. You don't need to live your life with everybody else's purpose. You need to find your magic and live your life your way.
0: Simply put, there everybody, you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) You need to find your magic and live life in your way. Yes. And that's good. That will make you happy.
1: It, it will. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's, all, there's always stuff that we've got to do for other people or we've got to do for life and that's okay. But if we hmm. need to balance it with the stuff that makes us happy and gives us opportunities and, you know, and fulfills our purpose
0: and that's it I mean because as I said you know that'll make you happy it made me think of like some romantic comedy where everything ends like ah you know perfect we have all the stuff that happens in life and yeah it's just I know for me it's been acknowledging it feeling it moving through it expressing it and being honest about it
1: yeah absolutely
0: like I found how old are your
1: how old are your twins uh, then ne- they'll be 11 next month, actually. Yeah.
0: Wow! Happy birthday to them. Thank you. Yeah. So it's that—that's especially something I've really learned is with the kids. My daughter's going to be 19 the end of this month, and my son just turned 22. And it's just having these real conversations. I remember the difference in like when I was when they were a little younger, and I'd be overwhelmed about something at work or whatever, and I'd cry my daughter I was like I'm not hiding it I I need to at first I tried to hide it Mm -hmm. but then it would just come out because it was kind of overtaking everything and my daughter would be there and she would just like be the comfort you know (laughs) she Mm -hmm. was like okay let me do this let me do that my son would look at me like oh shit like if she's not strong what am I gonna do (laughs) like this really so he would just kind of look like a deer in headlights um but then as he got older, he would start to be able to express better. And even if he was really uncomfortable with it, yeah. he would he would say to me one time, he said, I'm going to go put on a romantic comedy. I'll put on two weeks notice and I'll sit with you. Okay. Just stop crying. <laughs> I was like, okay, that sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess in saying all that, it's people in showing who you are and in showing how you feel, people are gonna react differently, but it shouldn't stop you expressing.
1: Exactly, yeah, you know, if, you've, if you can find the safety and the security in yourself to allow yourself to feel and to express, that's huge. You know, that's a, that's a door opener right there for you.
0: Yeah, and how people respond yeah. That that can affect how you feel, but at the same time, it's understanding that you need to create, you need to create the boundaries and allow yourself to feel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it, like we said earlier in this conversation, you know, their response really is none of your business in a lot of ways. You know, their response is about them. It's not yeah. about what you're doing. It's about their comfort levels with what you're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, so. Y- that might trigger something in you if they respond in a way that you're not comfortable with, but you have to let that go and not let it stop you being unapologetically you because this is your journey and this is how you are going to really thrive by allowing all of this stuff, not staying there, but allowing it.
0: By allowing, by allowing all of this stuff. Well, I want to say to you which I didn't say as you were telling all those things that happened to you at once with you know your children and then your mom and then all of that I mean you're a rock star
1: thank (laughs) you thank you I appreciate that
0: yeah I mean it's it's a lot
1: yeah it is a lot and when I look back on it now I see it was a lot but at the time I couldn't allow myself to think about it. It was just like, right, okay, we've got to do this bit next. Yes. Right, so we've got to do this bit next. Because I was so afraid that if I let myself feel anything, I would never pick myself up off the floor. You know, and that, that manifested itself in so many not good ways for me. Um, and I don't do that anymore. That isn't my pattern of behavior. Thankfully, I am able Mm. to tap into strength when i need it but also i'm able to tap into my vulnerability or whatever else needs to come out to
0: thank you so much for hanging out with me and chatting It was really fun
1: i've loved it thank you for having me and for inviting me here i've uh, really enjoyed this hour with you this morning
0: me too before we say our official goodbyes is is there anything else that's on your mind that you feel like you want to share? Or
1: I'm good, actually. I just hope that this conversation has inspired people to do whatever it is that they need to, to do to allow themselves to express, to feel, and to create the confidence and change that they need in their lives.
0: So how can they find you? How can they connect with you?
1: They can tap into me on my website ww.cassimatheread.com or you can find me on Instagram, which is where I hang out pretty often, Cassie underscore mother underscore read.
0: Yeah, she has lots of great videos and um, <laughs> lots of stuff going on lots all the Google time.
1: Dancing. <laughs> 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 lots of magic. <laughs> lots of magic, yes, absolutely.
0: So again, Cassie, thank you so much for hanging out with me and all those that were here with us live and those catching the replay. This space is all about inspiring each other, sharing stories and connecting. So please like follow and share. I believe we have always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever. We just need, we need the connection. We need to lift each other up and just be there for each other. So, um, Wherever you are listening in the world, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and look forward to connecting again soon. So goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? There are so many ways to do things for you, to get yourself moving, to get your creative juices flowing, and to have fun. Check out I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing go to i am Philly.com. i am creative philly p h i l l y.com and check out the experiential kits check out creative Shui, which is all about creative inspiration and guidance and for express yourself publishing there's so many multi-author book opportunities so i would love to chat with you so much everybody has everybody's creative Everybody has a voice, everybody has an expression, and I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for taking this hour to listen to our stories and share the energy. And I wish you a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in this world. Bye, everybody.